0: Nearly half of Medicare beneficiaries are enrolled in the Medicare Advantage program, including many people with serious illness. But information is lacking on the quality of care delivered to enrollees with serious illness and on the types of benefits available to them. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Claire Ancuda, an Associate Professor in the Department of Geriatrics and Palliative Medicine at the Icahn School of Medicine at Mount Sinai. Dr. Ankuda has co-authored a perspective article about ensuring access to high quality and equitable care in Medicare Advantage. Dr. Ankuda, could you start by giving a brief overview of the Medicare Advantage program? Whom does it serve and how is it different from traditional Medicare?
1: Absolutely. So Medicare Advantage, which has gone by many names in the past, Part C, Medicare Plus Choice, is a program where Medicare plans are administered by private insurance companies. So, as you said at the beginning, Medicare Advantage is really important to pay attention to because it has grown dramatically. So, in 2007, about 19% of Medicare enrollees were in Medicare Advantage or MA plans, but in the last year, that has increased to 48%, and soon we think it'll be the majority of Medicare enrollees who will be insured by Medicare Advantage plans. So there are several major differences between Medicare Advantage and traditional Medicare or fee-for-service, two names to describe the same thing. So in Medicare Advantage, benefits really differ by the specific plan that an enrollee is insured by. So plans may include supplemental benefits, and that was recently expanded to include things like caregiver support, Meals on Wheels. However. Plans also may limit care to specific networks of providers and may use methods such as prior authorization to try and limit the services delivered to beneficiaries, and in particular, focusing, of course, on unnecessary services, but that may really impact people with high medical needs.
0: So in fact, in your perspective article, you focus on Medicare beneficiaries with serious illness. So how often are those beneficiaries covered under these Medicare Advantage plans?
1: That's a great question. And it's hard to give specific numbers to that. We do know that one of the greatest populations for growth in Medicare Advantage is dual eligible. So people who are insured by Medicare and Medicaid, and that population tends to have really substantial medical needs. We also know that there are large populations with dementia and who are at the end of life.
0: So in what ways might particular features of Medicare Advantage, such as cost control mechanisms or the availability of supplemental benefits, affect people with serious illness?
1: So people with serious illness have high costs of care and often require really complex care. So think of the person with metastatic cancer who needs to see multiple specialists and really juggle complicated health care. MA plans may use mechanisms like prior authorizations and narrow networks of providers. And these can be really challenging for someone healthy to navigate. Imagine someone with dementia, maybe with sensory impairment, navigating this kind of care when they're very ill can be really quite challenging.
0: So you say in your article that despite the need to evaluate the quality of care, there really aren't sufficient data to do that. Why is that the case?
1: So, there are several reasons. The first reason is that care is not reported the same way. So, in fee for service or traditional Medicare, we have claims for every service delivered. In part because Medicare Advantage is simply paid differently, we don't have that detailed data on all the services delivered to beneficiaries in Medicare Advantage plans. In addition, Medicare Advantage plans may offer supplemental benefits, as I mentioned, things that can help with home-based services, with caregiver support, with transportation and meals, and details of who is getting those benefits and how they're being delivered are just not provided, reported, and sometimes if a Medicare Advantage plan is delivering them through a vendor, the Medicare Advantage plan itself may not know the details of how those benefits are being administered. And then the last reason of why it's so difficult to know what's going on is because it's been well documented in Medicare Advantage plans. There's upcoding of diagnoses. And that's because Medicare Advantage plans are paid more for patients that carry more diagnoses. This makes it very hard to compare individuals enrolled in Medicare Advantage and traditional Medicare because you're simply not comparing apples to apples to apples.
0: You call out the quality bonus program in particular as needing critical review. And strengthening to improve accountability. How is that program organized and what do you see as the limitations?
1: Right. So the quality bonus program rates Medicare Advantage plans and offers additional financial benefit to plans that perform well. I hesitated a little before I said plans because one of the things that makes it challenging to assess quality in the program is that quality is not really at the plan level. It's at the contract level. What I mean by that is the way Medicare Advantage is organized, you have an organization like the company that administers plans, and they administer many unique plans. Each of them vary in terms of their benefits, and plans are organized into contracts. So a contract may contain tens, hundreds of different plans, all of which varies in terms of the benefits delivered to individuals. And those plans may cross state lines. They may be in multiple different states and regions of the country. Quality measurement takes place at the level of the contract. So if you are a Medicare beneficiary and you're looking up what plan to choose, you may see a plan with a high rating, but you don't know, is that the specific plan you're choosing? Or is that from a contract that contains not just your plan, but many other plans? And so it wouldn't really represent your experience. So that's one of the challenges is that the data that people are using and that researchers are using to understand what's happening at plans really isn't specific to the plan. It's the contract. The other issue, and this is really at the heart of people with serious illness, is often measures aren't particularly relevant to the experience of people with serious illness. They may focus on preventive care, things like mammograms, colonoscopies, which are certainly important for health but not as important for people who face a high risk of mortality finally for measures that do better capture the experience of people with serious illness so for example the it's called the cap score which is a survey that is done of patients around their experience that gets at things like quality of care and communication studies have shown that that cap survey really disproportionately interviews healthier beneficiaries so if you have dementia for example you are half as likely to be a respondent in CAPS. And that is in part because when people are sicker, they're just less able to answer surveys, as you can imagine. But it's in part because of the structure of the survey itself. So people in institutions are excluded from completing the CAPS survey. And people who may rely on proxies, family members who are caregivers who speak for them, they're also excluded from the CAPS survey. When people with dementia do complete the CAP survey, they report worse care. So that really highlights the importance of better capturing the voice of people with serious illness when you're measuring quality in Medicare Advantage.
0: And in fact, in your article, you describe several strategies that could help address these shortcomings. What steps would permit CMS to report more useful data on quality? in Medicare Advantage, particularly for enrollees with serious illness.
1: Right. And I think myself and our team of authors, one of our first points there is there's no easy answer or quick fix here. This is a really complex question for which we really need collaboration across government, across industry, across researchers to figure out what the best way is to measure quality and appropriately incentivize it in the Medicare Advantage program. So what we suggest are a series of steps, some of which could be taken now. Those types of steps are things like when you're looking at the Medicare Compare website to look at Medicare Advantage plan ratings, at least more transparent information of whether the numbers you're looking at for ratings are relevant to the plan you're looking at or are they relevant to a larger contract? And if so, how big is that contract? Is the plan you're looking at, does that represent 2% of the respondents in the CAP survey, or is that 80%? That kind of information or some sense of what you're looking at would give a much better sense of how quality is measured. The other kind of solutions in a longer term would be approaches to actually oversample people with serious illness. Maybe that is sending additional CAP scores to people who had recent hospitalizations or received home health. Maybe you could even create separate modules where those folks are asked different questions that really get at the experience of being seriously ill to make sure again that that voice of people with serious illness is captured but some of those approaches are quite complex would require significant investment so we're not saying we necessarily have those perfect answers now but what is needed is a process to bring people together to really get to the bottom of this for that reason one of our ultimate recommendations here is that we would love to see a National Academy of Science, Engineering, and Medicine working group on this and a real process to try and quickly work together and collaborate to best identify strategies to improve quality for people with serious illness and Medicare Advantage.
0: Thank you, Dr. Ankuda.